0: Even better than I was the yeah. last time, baby. And we we'll back. I'm good. Ooh, yeah, I'm
1: yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Even better, yeah, yeah. better, than I was yeah, yeah. the last time, baby. We back, and we back, and
0: we back, and we back, and we back, and we back, and we back. Even better than ah. I was the last time, ooh. And we we'll back. I'm good.
1: Hello and welcome to One on One. My name is Stephen Sloan and I'm a pretty big deal in the resistance. And joining me live from the nation's capital, my very own brother Mick. How you doing, bro bro? Pretty good. All
0: this time I actually had no idea that you were a big deal in the resistance. When did that happen?
1: People in the resistance look like us. Some of them look different.
0: So I'm going to change things up by not
1: talking about the weather this time. Yeah, in case you didn't notice, we have new theme music. Uh, The music we're using is from Chance the Rapper's second mixtape. Uh, acid rap it's the first track it's called good ass intro uh we both love that track uh and yeah so we're really excited about that new we're big music. fans of
0: his too just yeah in
1: if you're at all a fan of rap like go check out that um acid rap check out 10 day and uh surf which is technically by donnie trumpet and the social experience but experiment but three really really great sort of hip-hop rap albums but yeah so just wanted to say If you heard something a little new at the beginning of the podcast, that's why we we got new new theme music. So you want to jump right into what we're talking about this week? Yeah, I mean, as I established, I'm not going to talk about the weather, and I don't really have anything else to say. I mean, frankly, if we're not going to talk about the weather and or uh, transportation situation in D.C., what is there to talk about? One thing I will say about the one thing I will say, (laughs)
0: this isn't so much about the weather as much as my relationship with nature. Which is, um, we're getting a little literary, but um, my apartment has a garage where I park, and my office has a garage where I park. (laughs) So I usually have no idea what the weather is like between when I leave my apartment and get to work, and so if it's like 30 degrees colder than I thought it was, I'm just, I just don't have a jacket, and if I have to go outside, I just freeze. It got so bad that um, I actually had a conversation with one of my co-workers of figuring ways I could get food without going outside, and uh, it, it didn't work out. I ended up going outside and getting cold anyway. Yeah. It's just the worst.
1: Yeah, so that that's my first world problem of the day. <laughs> that's right, yeah. You're too sheltered on your way to and from work that you just have no idea what the, the real people out in the streets have to deal with.
0: Oh, it's so, it's, so, woe is me. I don't yeah. even go outside between when I leave my apartment and when I go to work. <laughs> how, how do I get through the day? I, I don't know. It sounds like it's a, it's a real struggle. So uh, speaking of struggles, we're going to get into, uh, we're going to talk about a movie where there is an intergalactic struggle mm-hmm. and uh this is and in celebration. a struggle
1: for our hearts
0: that's true and and particularly a struggle between you and i yeah so we're talking true. about in honor of its release on blu-ray and dvd which and digital. by the
1: way it, it came out it came out in december it still feels super early that this movie's already out on home video. Like I saw that it was on iTunes and I was really surprised because
0: it's so much easier now that uh, movies are presented in theaters on digital.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's true.
0: Yeah. They're, you know, all these heretics squashing Quentin Tarantino's dream
1: no it's very exciting that it's it's out uh, apologies to quentin tarantino for not giving him his due his due time on this podcast but
0: in, in uh, case you didn't know we were talking about star wars the force mm-hmm. awakens and which,
1: specifically we're talking about the two characters at the center of it uh finn and ray
0: i have to say this is probably even harder for me than drake versus eminem in the in the <laughs> sense that i feel so strongly in favor of ray Mm-hmm. That I think actually, I think if we make it through this podcast without my feelings getting hurt, I think it'll be <laughs> an accomplishment not only in our podcast, but also in our relationship <laughs> as brothers.
1: Well, prepare to be disappointed. But, studio audience, prepare to be entertained <laughs> as we make each other cry.
0: You just gotta lob, like, grenades Daisy Ridley. <laughs> just be like, and by the way... What is up with the lightsaber thing?
1: Yeah, uh, no, but Mick is, Mick is firmly entrenched in Team Ray, and I am a pretty strong member of Team Finn. Obviously, we both, I think, it's fair to say, love both of these characters. But for whatever reason, like I was really drawn to Finn, and so that's kind of what we're going to talk about. You know, kind of discuss the, these two kind of new faces of maybe the quintessential American entertainment franchise.
0: And by the way, um, listeners to our previous podcasts, such as the one we did about TV a couple of weeks ago, note that we went out of our way not to spoil things. I that's it's not going to be like that this time. we're yeah, going to spoil, we're gonna spoil the, stuff. We're going to spoil the ever-loving hell out of this movie.
1: Yeah, because it's impossible to talk about why we love these characters without getting into spoilers. Yeah. So, um, why? I if, mean, if by some miracle you haven't seen this movie yet which the box office numbers suggested that if you haven't you probably don't exist yeah if Uh, if
0: you haven't seen this movie and by the way you have
1: yeah right exactly the box Uh,
0: office marketers have determined
1: that actually you have you may just not realize it yeah uh but yeah so there will be spoilers if that is something that concerns you uh go rent the movie and watch it because it's great and we both love yeah
0: and no seriously we'll wait just like pause this come back in three hours once you've uh seen the movie
1: no we'll do you one better there will be actually two and a half hours of silence on this podcast (laughs) yeah and to those of you who have seen
0: the movie we're so sorry
1: okay those lame people who haven't seen star wars are gone now
0: yeah yeah we're we're in the clear ray was an
1: ewok the whole time darth vader is luke's father Ah, oh, yeah, that was a that was a surprise. That was crazy. I really feel like they should have brought that out in the previous trilogy, but I'm not gonna tell them how to do their jobs.
0: One thing I've often wondered, and I promise, I really don't want us to get completely off track immediately. <laughs> it's too late, but I wonder how many people like of our generation knew Darth Vader was Luke's father before they saw Star Wars.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it I was, did. I, I I feel like I. I didn't engage with Star Wars for a very long time because it's actually a really embarrassing story. But uh, my parents tried to get me to watch uh, the first one, and and I'm not sure if this happened, but I'm convinced that we were like playing outside, and I came inside uh, and saw on the TV literally the moment when Obi Wan Kenobi cuts that dude's hand off. That that is uh, that's actually what happened. And and i was just like i saw that and i was like nope never watching this again the same
0: thing actually happened with the simpsons yep, where same thing.
1: we were flipping through channels and saw an episode
0: where someone's leg
1: flies off yeah and i was just like i'm out <laughs> i can't do this because i was a super which, squeamish, which squeamish by kid. the
0: way with the benefit of hindsight that episode is pretty freaking funny
1: <laughs> well they all are it's yeah if I could get over my fear of humans losing limbs, you you still you still have not seen Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I actually know nothing about Star Wars. So yeah, I'm pretty sure I must have known that that Darth Vader was Luke's father. Um, by the time I finally got around to seeing that, your movie. entire
0: connection with Finn is actually Finn Poe Dameron fan fiction. <laughs> it's
1: actually though. <laughs> I was gonna wait to drop this, but Finn slash. would be literally the greatest like film romance of of all time like i just we're gonna talk about that later (laughs) to the to the five or six
0: people who made it through that tangent (laughs) let's uh we're gonna gonna talk about rogue one no i'm gonna gonna clear out i'm gonna clear out for you and let you go iso and talk about what finn means to you and like sort of to sort of guide you Mm -hmm. what was your like impression when he first appeared in the movie when did you know that he had won you over in the war of Finn versus Ray? Cause you, you didn't uh-huh. have to think about it. No. I remember we left the movie and you
1: were just like, my favorite character was Finn. I was like, uh, <laughs> what about Ray? Well, no, to start things off. I think that's a really good way to, to, to say that. Cause uh, starting things off, it's, this is not a reflection on Ray at all. I love, I love Ray as a character. I think she's a phenomenal character. I think Daisy Ridley is great. I actually, I was thinking a lot about this as we kind of discussed whether or how we were going to do this podcast. And I realized that I like Finn so much because for the first time watching maybe any movie like this, any kind of fantasy movie like this, if I was any character in the Star Wars universe, I would probably be Finn. You know, I would be like this dude who's just like totally in like thinks everything around him is super awesome and just gets really excited about how all this crazy stuff that's around so like the moment that i knew he was my favorite character was in the tie fighter when they escape the when they escape the battleship and he shoots down the dude and he just starts freaking out yeah that was the moment where i was like i would that i would do that like i am a hundred percent in on this guy as a character and from there like I think he's the funniest character in the movie. I think he might be the funniest character to in ever Star be Wars. in a
0: Star Wars movie. Honestly,
1: yeah, and and it just he's it's the first time when I've watched those movies, and and I feel like okay, yeah, this is what a person from today would look like if they were in the Star Wars universe, and I don't know because we live. <laughs> spoiler alert: We live in this time. Uh, it it was really exciting to sort of see somebody who acted the way i imagined i would act when put in a situation like that other than that i think his backstory is really interesting uh, i think it's sort of everybody's kind of freaked out about the ray backstory um for good reason i mean i'm curious as to who her mom and dad are but i think finn also has a really interesting story like where did he come from are his parents still alive like how did he sort of get deconditioned? I think there are a lot of really interesting questions about him. Is he a Jedi?
0: Oh man. Exactly. I never even yeah. thought about like, where Finn's parents or what happened to Finn's parents. It's never it's never established that stormtroopers are like orphans. They're just abducted. They don't
1: seem to suggest that they killed them. So um and yeah, I think the most compelling yeah. mystery past who Ray's family is 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 Finn a, a Jedi? because like I have these images of like just Finn and Ray just like doing awesome stuff as like dual Jedi like it would be awesome I really want to yeah. see how Finn's storyline develops and yeah so that like that combination of I just love him as a character I think he's really funny and I'm really interested to see where his story goes like those are the three kind of big things why he was my favorite character
0: so so one thing I think that's interesting about what you said and actually just to borrow from your point mm-hmm. I think that both Finn and Rey are amazing. I think that they are such a they're such great characters. They're so well played and their relationship mm-hmm. and the way that they kind of fight for each other throughout the movie gives what could have been a relatively like rote remake basically of the first Star Wars movie. It kind of gave it this really powerfully beating heart and this emotional resonance that I think is entirely owed to their performances honestly what I I think is really interesting is I think that movie makers have been struggling particularly in blockbusters to find Mm -hmm. a way to have characters who are fun and who seem like they're enjoying themselves and like a big part of that the recipe that we've seen and we've really very rarely seen people deviate from is uh the sort of like Iron Man and uh, also known as the Chris Pratt model where he's he's sort of he's poking fun at everyone around him. and he's he's kind of having fun at everyone's expense. And that's that's not obviously a bad thing, but it's reached a point I think we've kind of reached the yeah, tipping point right. for that where with Deadpool, the main guy and, is basically and just like, a dick to everybody. At
1: least with characters like Iron Man and with um, with uh, Star Lord from Guardians of the Galaxy, like they they existed within the confines of their universe. Like <laughs> Deadpool is not only like making yeah disaffected jokes at people in the movie, he's literally making disaffected jokes at the concept of the movie itself.
0: Yeah, well, I I guess like like the the first like scene of the movie is like there's like an explosion in like a magazine with like ryan reynolds on the cover yeah it's like it, the it's... world's sexiest man is in it i feel like we're i feel like we've been trying to find this middle ground between blandly earnest and um just kind of like irreverent and quippy and kind of having fun but sort of in a way that kind of undermines everybody else like a big part of the Avengers is like oh like Robert Downey Jr he's so quippy but like like Chris Evans (laughs) is getting all mad now because he's from the 40s and people used to take things like apparently no one told jokes in the 40s
1: no they didn't jokes were invented sometime in the mid-60s and
0: so what what I think Boyega does so well is he sort of he injects that type of fun mm. with a sort of a wonder and an earnest an earnest wonder really. Yeah. Where he can't even believe the things that he's doing. And he never really thought that he would have more in life than just being a programmed killing machine. I mean it's it's someone discovering autonomy and discovering freedom. Yeah, yeah.
1: while simultaneously like being exposed to all these like wonderful and exciting things and people and experiences and yeah I, I think you hit on something really good like I, I think Star Wars 7 really is a very funny movie like it's it's almost funnier than you expect it to be but there's an incredible generosity to its humor they're always positive there's not a lot of sort of derisive humor it, it's all very good-natured and and like you said sort of filled with wonder and I really do think that's what sets it apart from the sort of quote-unquote soulless blockbusters that seem to be piling up around us.
0: It's a new type of character. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a really important piece to why Finn is so popular. People love him yeah. because he's fun and because he's funny and he's charismatic well, you and think he's likable.
1: What, what did everybody hate so much about Anakin? Everything? Well, yeah, I guess. But, it's, but the biggest thing is that he was whiny because at yeah, the end of the yeah. day, every single one of us who was sitting in that theater was like, yo, dude, you are literally the most powerful Jedi in the universe. Have some fun. <laughs> like,. Yeah we we want to think that we would like i said at the beginning like i would think that if i were dropped into this universe i would be having a blast like flying things and like using lightsabers like it would be awesome and so i think what's so great about finn and to a lesser extent ray which i think is why i don't like her quite as much as finn is that finn just seems to be having a blast through the entirety of that movie there's a great point that Peter Rubin who's
0: one of the editors at Wired made on made on their entertainment podcast The Monitor about how um, they're kind of like you said when you say that Finn kind of acts the way that like a person like you or me would if they were suddenly thrown into this story it's like the way Mm -hmm. that the actors as fans of the franchise feel is sort of injected into the character where it's like yeah because because the Star Wars story, the story of the original trilogy is presented as sort of a myth rather than history in The Force Awakens. And so as as Peter Rubin said like there's that moment where Finn and Rey are like wait a second, this is the Millennium Falcon. Wait, you're Han Solo. Wait, this is yeah. we're in Star Wars right now
1: yeah right because yeah. up until that time like yeah. their relationship to star wars in a weird sort of way was almost the same as ours yeah you know these are stories that you were told to m- make you believe in exciting things or to make you feel better when you were sad and it it ostensibly happened yeah. in real life in their world but they experience it as as just that story yeah more than actual fact
0: here's what i love about ray I think right from the minute she kind of establishes herself as the emotional center of the movie. And the way that they do that, it's actually a really, really smart decision by the filmmaker. I don't don't know if it was J.J. Abrams or who, but she basically doesn't say anything for her first probably five or six minutes on screen. Mm -hmm. You just kind of see her life. She scavenges for parts. She spends all day like working and gets barely enough to feed herself and a lazier movie would have like had something being like like some character being like yeah well you don't have any parents and you live by yourself (laughs) like oh your life is sad like but instead you just kind of get to spend a day with her and really sort of soak in what her life is really like and then i think the absolute key to the whole thing is when she's eating her dinner Of, like, the, like, magical, like, growing bread, which apparently took, like, six months to design. (laughs) Otherwise
1: known as the dopest bread of all time. Also
0: also known as two random, like, effects generators, like, entire spring, probably, was making (laughs) that thing.
1: Yeah, when she puts the helmet on.
0: When she puts the helmet on. Yeah. And and suddenly everything <laughs> The moment when
1: yeah. 60% of the Star Wars viewing audience fell in love with Rey as a character. Yeah, and I I like that was it for
0: me. Like I was completely yeah. sold. I think I actually went, "Oh," in the theater. Yeah. Um and, and I did too,
1: like don't yeah. get me wrong.
0: And and it's because like it's amazing without even saying anything. You know, this is Rey. She doesn't have a family. This is the only life she's ever had, but she's always wanted more. And suddenly you root for her without her even having to say anything. And then once she actually starts talking, by the way, it only gets better. Like when she's talking to yeah. when she's talking to the droid BB eight and she says, Oh yeah, my family, they'll be back and you mm. don't know whether she believes it or not. You just know that yeah, it's the but only you thing. you also she's... like
1: know it's not gonna happen. <laughs>
0: yeah, but it it's it's the yeah. only thing that she's ever known and she's
1: yeah, it's Mm-hmm. and you you fall for her immediately the thing that's so great about that delivery is it's not pitiful no she has a great strength as a character which feels very real yeah you know it's not the sort of the almost equally pernicious strong female yeah. lead thing like she feels like a real person yeah who's just a very strong person she she's she's tough on the
0: outside and damaged on the inside which is kind of an archetype that you would hear assigned to a lot of characters particularly the strong like you said the strong female character but she she's both those things in a way that like an actual person would be
1: yeah and and she's not defined by those two no things. like she's defined by her scrappiness yeah. and by her talent and by her like i don't know
0: daring do yeah basically. and and i actually and i think that it as much as people i'm looking at you star wars nerds complain about how (laughs) yeah nerds complain about how unrealistic it is that like she knows how to fly a spaceship and like use the force and like fight with a lightsaber but at the same time like she's spent her entire life alone protecting herself working for herself like learning these weird things like spending all day inside of like ships and stuff well
1: i do think it's cool that they they establish early that like she clearly has had to learn to do this because she like she beats up those dudes who attack her too yeah like so it's not like she's just this random person who we never really you know the sort of the quintessential issue with characters like that, where you keep being told how special they are, but you never are given reason to believe that. Yeah. Like, like no
0: one, no one ever, there's no moment where she's like, where someone's just like, you probably thought you were just some normal person, but really you're special. But you just kind of know from the way that, like part of it is the way that it's written and they establish all the ways she's had to take care of herself. But part of it's in the performance Mm -hmm. and
1: the way she carries herself.
0: Yeah. And it's like, what am I?
1: (laughs) One of my absolute favorite moments in the movie is when is when they're running to the ship and Finn is like, We need a pilot and she's she's like clearly really annoyed that he doesn't assume that she's a pilot. Yeah. And it's just such a great exchange because like that sets up Ray in such a great way because you know that she's like tired of like being underestimated it's just it's one of those great little moments in this movie and it kind
0: of sets up like finn too in the sense that like he only thinks a pilot is someone like oscar isaac's character <laughs> yeah. with like yeah. the jacket and like the cocksure smile like
1: yeah he has the very sort of flyboy yeah vision of what a pilot must be yeah, yeah. but
0: like that's because
1: he's grown up in this bizarre like
0: in this bizarrely regimented thing where like people are soldier these people are soldiers and these people are generals and these people are pilots and mm-hmm. and so ray kind of they kind of broaden each other's horizons in a way you you can't i you can't overstate i think just how vital these two characters were to the movie I mean, I think that if either Daisy Ridley or John Boyega didn't pull their weight, I think the entire movie doesn't work.
1: Yeah, you need those two like incredibly compelling characters and actors at the center of this movie.
0: And their relationship is just so so real. Yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy like they didn't over they didn't over shoehorn like the romantic potential there.
1: Yeah, they they did a really good job of like Setting up that there was a very strong connection with them, yeah. but not really tipping the scales in one direction or another.
0: Yeah, well well and the other thing is like you kinda know you kinda know that like Finn's got like a thing for Ray. You kind of know that Finn is destined for Poe Dameron, do you mean? No, no, but I I'm serious <laughs> though. Like like you know that No, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. No, yeah, I
0: know what yeah. you mean. Yeah. And yet and yet she kind of brushes him off, but not but not in a sort of like Oh, I'm not interested in you because I don't need anybody. It's in a like, uh-huh. it's in a way that like a real person would. Like just like, I I don't know how I feel about this person right now. Yeah, like we just met. <laughs> I this just is met weird. <laughs> this is crazy. And, and
1: to to his credit,
0: here's my number, uh, but please do not call me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but and to to the writer's credit, like Finn is not a like jerk about it. He no. doesn't like whine about it. Like it's just kind of, they're just like okay. Moving on. We'll see. Maybe something happens in the next movie, maybe it doesn't.
0: And and honestly, like like it's hard it's hard to blame him cuz like he probably has not hung out with any super cool scavenger girls with yeah, with stabs.
1: I, it's interesting because like I'm trying to think, are there any women on the the First Order base? Cuz I don't remember seeing any of uh, Captain Phasma. Yeah, there's
0: Captain Phasma, but it's never established if she's actually a woman or not or if she's just a robot
1: maybe i haven't seen it since i guess january so i could be misremembering but that would be really weird if it was populated entirely by men yeah although by the way
0: applause to jj abrams who's apparently learned from his last exercise in filming women um, by not having any leering like sh- sh- yeah. shots of like John Boyega being like, oh look at this woman.
1: Yeah, they he toned it down, which is good because that would have been really creepy. I didn't,
0: I didn't think he had that kind of restraint. So good, yeah. good job on you, JJ. No, but I, I think that was a really, I think that was a great decision because there was, all, it was so, it would have been so easy for them to like i don't know have them kiss at the end or something like that the way that Mm -hmm. like 90 percent of action movies would have played it and actually the the ironic thing is that those two characters getting together would have made more sense than like chris pratt and whatever her name is from jurassic world
1: oh yeah or or even um gamora in guardians of the galaxy yeah
0: but but instead like they made it's somewhat of a brave decision but also i think ultimately the right one where they just sort of said
1: we're gonna let this thing breathe well the thing that's important is like it this seems like a really silly thing to observe but because one of the problems with movies is that it kind of tosses aside all connections or relationships that aren't romantic you know yeah somehow any any relationship between i guess between a male and female character is less than unless it's a romantic relationship. And I think what's so great about this movie is it, it basically says, no, like they care about each other They're They ride for each other. And it doesn't really matter if they're together as a couple. And honestly, like, like they,
0: they, they love each other, but it's, but not necessarily in that way.
1: Yeah. And it was really refreshing to, Cause like I I'll admit for the first like half of the movie, I was like, when are these kids going to get together? When's this going to happen? But by the end of the movie, I was like, you know what? I'm glad. I'm glad they're just friends. Yeah. This is good. Cause they, they,
0: they hinted. Well, there's like, Oh my, um, there, there's so many things that are great about this movie. So many uh-huh. little moments that again, like partly I'm sure part of the filmmaking, but partly just the performance, yeah. the part where they escape the desert planet um after uh, they've like taken out the tie fighter jakku and then jakku. suddenly like they just like meet in the middle and they're just like <laughs> yeah. i can't believe you yeah. know how to do that i can't believe that's that. one of my favorites and then like scenes. they just both stop talking and like they've gotten like probably like three inches away from each other mm-hmm. and then suddenly like like the, the ship the ship blows yeah. up. but like that little snap that mm-hmm. doesn't tip its hand at all it's just like wait is wait
1: oh no no okay Okay, um, can can i do an iso real quick yeah okay it's time for steven's weird conspiracy theory hour uh this <laughs> is my come, favorite hour of the day i'm gonna come <laughs> this out and is, say it
0: this is this happens steven's weird conspiracy theory hour happens even when we don't record a
1: podcast it really it really does i have a problem <laughs> but no uh i i don't know man I think more sparks flew between uh, between Finn and Poe than with. Uh, I, I'll say this. I will say this. I don't know if that's going to be a thing. If Poe is not gay, I will be astonished, because there's there's just something about the way that that Oscar Isaac plays that character. I don't know. It just. I I just think that would be so cool. You. I'm wondering what
0: makes you think that.
1: Oh Lord. <laughs> there's um. There's a moment where I saw it and. and because like this kind of i i know i know you're talking about
0: it was the part where he where i think it's it's, it's the part where finn's, again. it's the part where finn's
1: wearing the jack and he's like oh, yeah, no it suits you and, and look oscar isaac is one of the patron saints of this podcast i think oscar uh,
0: isaac is one of like oscar isaac poe dameron front his own movie and i think it'd be to, great
1: to give you an idea mick mick bought a stuffed otter from somewhere uh, uh, we as a and gift he brought it back home yeah as a gift yeah. for as a gift for mom
0: from vancouver
1: and his name is otter isaac yeah that's how hard we ride for oscar <laughs> yeah isaac. and so this is my thing for why i think at least poe is gay oscar isaac is such a good actor that he would not deliver that line that way unless he was absolutely certain about how it was going to come off and and there's just something about the way he delivers that line that it feels like he's attracted to him huh and and again like if it were if it were hayden christensen delivering that line i'd just be like oh he's a terrible actor he probably thinks he's trying to do like the cool bromance i i
0: do i do have to say if poe dameron were a woman Mm-hmm. And said that line in the exact same way Oscar exactly. Isaac said it. I do exactly. think that that would make some bells go off for people. They'd be like, oh, she's into him.
1: And And you know, part of this is wishful thinking because like it would just it's it's already so cool to just see there was somebody uh, one of my friends on Facebook recounted the story about uh, Ray specifically. Uh, he said he was talking to these kids. Or he saw these kids in like a store or something, and they were they were playing Star Wars, and they were all fighting over. This was like a couple boys and a couple girls, or it was like a mixture of boys and girls, and they were all fighting over who got to be Rey.
0: Which, by the way, like that that that's definitely what I would have done too.
1: Yeah, and and it it completely shatters this argument that like young boys can't attach to female characters as heroes
0: yeah it's well th- this this is in rocket science like this idea that people because like young young men and boys are so critical to box office demographics the the idea that people won't see a movie with like with a woman in the lead role
1: or or a black person yeah it's in, just in yeah fin,
0: like. it's just ridiculous I,
1: I think that people want to see great characters mm. people know and also wanna, though the point i'm trying to make with poe the reason why like i'm not just being like a creeper <laughs> like i'm not really invested in this in this like can you be a creeper like you said, if I'm, the people are fake i'm not writing a fan fix about it like i'm not that into this but i just think like it would be so cool to see like people who are gay like be able to look up to a character like poe dameron who is like cocky and cool and like just he's every bit what han solo was in that first movie yeah but like and then you add in the part that he's gay and i feel like when kids grow up that way you know that means a lot and it doesn't more feel and like more,
0: more importantly like not exhibiting any of the stereotypical things that hollywood has told gay people this is what gay is
1: right and that's not to say that like if you act in a like quote unquote stereotypically gay way that's like wrong or you're a caricature but, like, I think for for kids growing up who are struggling with this, because, unfortunately, in our country, it's still hard to be gay in America. Yeah. Um, even though it's getting, thank God, it's getting easier. You know, these things matter. A kid going to a movie and seeing somebody like Poe on the screen who's gay and they sort of feel like maybe they like girls if they're a girl or boys if they're a boy, that can do so much. And so... I want it from that sort of perspective, not so much because I'm super invested in it. I just think it would be so great to to give kids who have been so underrepresented, especially in kind of blockbuster Hollywood, somebody to look up to and to really attach to. Yeah. So yeah, that's my so ends Steven's crazy conspiracy hour about the the well, one problem with with uh, Finn and Poe is that there's no good like name for them it's either pin or foe that that was <laughs> oddly
0: that was oddly not conspiratorial can,
1: can you throw like a jfk thing in there or something about the pyramids being built by aliens do you mean that finn is a being made of the pure force and he's actually a figment of everybody's imagination what that's my <laughs> other conspiracy theory that finn doesn't actually exist no you, no, you that's not what you think no, I, I was I was trying to give you a crazy theory, man. You were disappointed by, by my favorite poet. <laughs> now poem. I want give the I'm, people what they want. Now I'm
0: disappointed in myself
1: for being disappointed. Um <laughs> so No, but yeah, so that's cuz like I don't know. I feel like I've been really excited about that. I just wanted if nobody else you to know why that that prospect is so important to me. I
0: I do actually. And that actually because we've never totally we've never totally like Dug into why you were so interested in that being a thing, yeah. and to be to be honest, I I don't know. I think I don't think Star Wars is gonna have this conversation because I think it's a blockbuster, not a not a gender, not a gender and sexuality like syllabus. But yeah. I think there's an interesting conversation to be had. What does attraction? how does that manifest itself for someone who was basically raised in captivity and programmed to be not human?
1: I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I would wait and line to see that movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, like
0: Poe, Poe po just, or not Poe, um, Finn, no, like Finn. trying they to figure do out like, a, like,
1: yeah, do like a rogue one style yeah. spinoff just about like Finn, Finn experiencing yeah. feelings of attraction. Would, i would totally watch uh, that movie. honestly it would it would they be could a, make really... it a mumblecore movie it would be great
0: honestly i would really enjoy seeing a movie i would really enjoy like a Finn ray type of romantic subplot that's like messy in a way that in a way that real relationships are messy Where yeah. like finn's not finn's never learned how to love because he was only programmed to kill and like he was brainwashed to kill, and like Ray, everyone Ray probably has some serious like abandonment issues. Yeah,
1: because everybody who's ever cared about her is is, is gone. Yeah, including Han Solo. Yeah, spoiler alert. Yeah, well, we uh, we both no, it get would be so. Yeah, I'm kidding. No, but it, it, you're right. It would be really interesting to because I don't know. I think everybody this this took a turn that I didn't expect it to, but uh. I just think this is a really interesting area to go into with gender and sexuality politics in Star Wars. Yeah. Like, but I do like, I think that's part of why I love this movie so much because you know, the plot is, is a rehash of the first one, but it's opening the world for all of these wonderful things that go beyond just the plot of like a movie. It was subversive a little bit in, in the way it cast people in the faces that it put on the front of this franchise like it's it's doing a lot of wonderful things that go beyond its merits as a movie uh to go back to what sorry real quick just to what i was saying to get into this is like it would be i think these kinds of movies always assume that like these people are like emotionally ready for the (laughs) romantic relationships to develop over the course of like this catastrophic event yeah and yeah it would be really interesting to see it like go into this thing where like exactly what you're talking about like these two people are clearly not emotionally capable of handling any kind of intimate connection yeah it would be really interesting to it's see really it's really interesting. That I, I
0: don't think that it's going to happen because no I, it I certainly just, won't happen but, but i don't but i don't know i mean it's not impossible i didn't think that i didn't think that they would make a first star wars sequel that would open itself to this kind of
1: discussion and and that would not have a single sort of 100% caucasian person anywhere prominently other than I guess Carrie Fisher
0: and and Harrison Ford.
1: And eh, Harrison Ford. Yeah, I guess. That and doesn't Adam really Driver. Care. I think he's but I think he, he's a sp- uh, at least part oh, of Oh, oh
0: yeah, I think you're right.
1: So yeah, and and that alone like
0: and also he's know, he's part dark side too.
1: That that in itself is I think is super cool. And yeah. and it clearly I don't know. I don't think we're at a point yet where that happens by accident. No, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure it wasn't an accident. Right. So the fact that they made the conscious decision to do that, I think says that they're somewhere in that production group. They understand that star Wars is more than just a, more than just sort of a popcorn franchise. It has an, a, an opportunity to have a real cultural footprint. Yeah. And, and I think what this movie shows is that they are willing to take that on in a very exciting and different way yeah and they're willing to give voice to people and demographics who have not historically had that opportunity and they've uh, in hollywood and
0: they've actually left it so that the future of the trilogy is completely wide open i mean i have no idea what's going to happen i think that any number of things can happen and actually um how would you feel about an episode eight speed round
1: sure where i throw where i
0: throw questions at you and we try and answer them in something resembling hastily
1: (laughs) well yeah because i feel like we've we've said about as much as there is for us to say about finn and ray so yeah i just yeah let's go yeah i just
0: i don't know in a strange way i don't think that i don't think a movie character in like a big budget movie has ever resonated with me the way that ray does
1: Yeah, and I feel more or less the same about Finn. So that's really interesting. It's it's
0: interesting. Why? And you for Finn? It's because that's how you think you would feel. Yeah,
1: I, I think that's it's the first time I've ever seen somebody in a movie where I'm I'm like that's pretty close to how I feel like I would feel and act in that situation. I
0: think it's like I don't. For me, I guess. For me, I guess. I think that kind of the way that she like handles her feelings kind of resonates with me. Mm -hmm. where it's like like head up like look forward like don't don't worry about this don't worry about that don't feel well but not even that because like no i'm kidding i'm kidding because again like she's not like a person who has a hard exterior because she represses her emotions like she wears her emotions very she wears her emotions where you can see them but in like this very deeply nuanced way, I, th- I think yeah. it's an amazing performance. I mean, I'm so mm-hmm. I'm so past the point where I can be objective about or about Daisy <laughs> yeah. Ridley. But yeah. like I seriously was sitting around like wondering if she should have been nominated for an Oscar. Like, I'm not even kidding. I, <laughs> that might be a little much,
1: but I, I, I do mean, think it, she it might great. be. I really do. I, think I she's just
0: I, th- I think she had such a tough part and I think she anchored I think she anchored the movie
1: well that's true I mean they really did have to be pitch perfect and they both were
0: yeah I mean the part at the end where Kylo Ren holds out like his hand and tries to get the lightsaber to come to him and it flies past him and it lands in her hand it's, it's one of the coolest things that happened in a movie theater. And it's part of that because of the weight of the moment. But partly because you you feel for this character very deeply. And when like she catches that lightsaber, it's all the times that you like saw her wanting more and that you wanted her to find a purpose. It's all crests in that big emotional moment. Yeah, no, I, I totally get that. Yeah, I just honestly, I never i i always thought even the star wars movies i liked i thought kind of lacked that type of richly textured like well-built characters where their backstories their actions actually make sense and you understand their motivations one of one of my favorite things that he did was when and we mentioned this and we talked about probably like the second time we saw the movie when finn tells ray that he lied about being in the resistance oh yeah most yeah. movies would be like i'm never speaking to you again
1: right that would start like a two movie subplot about how finn has to regain ray's trust
0: yeah but but ray was just like i don't care like
1: yeah and you're like of course she doesn't care she doesn't know anything yeah like, she's not particularly connected to the resistance, she
0: she like. knows she knows who he is like
1: yeah no i i loved that yeah I thought that and, and was a she great she feels
0: like she knows him despite that
1: yeah no i loved that decision yeah. i was so worried about that yeah yeah <laughs> you want to do that episode eight lightning round yeah
0: okay so ask me
1: your good questions
0: it kind of teases based on the end of star wars that we're going to see finn and ray be split up for most of the eighth movie. It certainly seems like they're going to have like separate plots where she's like training and he's like fighting with the resistance.
1: Yeah. Sort of recovering. And then
0: do you think assuming that happens, do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing for you personally?
1: Um, I think that's a good thing. You know, I I think as long as we know that they're going to get back together, which obviously they will, um, it's, we we didn't really get a chance to get to know these characters a lot um in a context other than with each other and so i think it has potential to be really good to just see them develop as people and as characters um on their own and and develop identities separate from one another yeah so yeah i think it can definitely work
0: yeah yeah i i think so too i think it's gonna be really interesting because obviously their relationship is such an important part i like the idea that they're sort of separate but also bound together mm-hmm. and that when they eventually are reunited it'll just make this big it'll be this big powerful moment
1: yeah yeah, yeah. i think that'd be a good choice
0: do you think that finn is a jedi
1: yes now part of this is wishful thinking because i really really want him to be but i do think he he is or at the very least i think he can become one
0: interesting um who do you think ray's family is
1: oh see i had a very intricate theory for this um but i've i haven't thought about it in a while um i think she's probably ben kenobi's grandkid hmm that's if i had to guess that would be what i would say i i don't i don't think she can be a skywalker
0: no i i don't think so either yeah i think that that would just be i think that would be strange
1: well yeah it begs the question like why didn't leia recognize her stuff like that like it's it's hard to ignore that kind of stuff
0: why do you think that kylo ren is only referred to as ben once in the entire movie
1: uh because he's not ben anymore
0: why why did they have him call him ben at all
1: uh, because they needed to establish the relationship between Han and Kylo Ren.
0: Why would why would Han and Leia name their son after Obi Wan Kenobi?
1: Because Luke's um, because Luke's not dead, and Obi Wan is.
0: No, but like, I don't understand why they would though. Like, neither of them particularly has like a relationship with him. Oh, I, I guess Leia did. Yeah, she did. Yeah, so I think... Okay, never mind. I I think, think, yeah, it it
1: was in honor of Ben. Except uh, Leia didn't call him Ben. Yeah, that was probably... Luke probably had some input in that. I would be willing to bet.
0: I think that they should have named him Anakin.
1: (laughs) That would be really funny.
0: (laughs) I'm I'm thinking of, like, what the funniest
1: possible name for him to have would have been. Greedo. (laughs) (laughs) Greedo Skywalker. I guess Greedo, Greedo Solo, technically.
0: And this time, Greedo really did shoot first. That's right, yeah.
1: Or stabbed first, more accurately. Yeah, stabbed in horrific fashion. It really, it really. I I don't know if I was surprised, but it was still awful. <laughs> that really was an awful moment. What would you
0: rather see? Daisy Ridley as Lara Croft in Tomb Raider, but um, like as Indiana Jones. I
1: believe it's pronounced Lara, or I Laura.
0: I honestly don't know. What did I say? <laughs> Laura. Oh, Lara?
1: Lara, I think
0: (laughs) Would you rather see Daisy Ridley as the female Indiana Jones or as the first female James Bond?
1: Probably Lara Croft or Lara. Am am
0: I crazy or would Daisy Ridley be a great James Bond?
1: I think... Other than that they would have to handle the name. You would have to like Legend of Zelda her and like put her in a box for seven years. I, I think she's too young now maybe the next cycle though uh, yeah uh, i could see her maybe but i, I definitely think she's too young
0: right hmm. now yeah no yeah, honestly you're probably right yeah. i mean as much as my instinct is to cast daisy ridley and everything <laughs>
1: yeah well no um, no because i don't think you're wrong i just think like fresh-faced like 20 something year old daisy ridley doesn't make a lot of sense yeah for yeah James he's
0: Bond. yeah he's a
1: little he's a little too young i think here's i have a one for you if, if she was to be James Bond, what would her name be? Would it be huh. Jamie Bond? No. Would it be Jemima Bond? It, w- it would have to be something... It would have to be James adjacent. Be, I, f- I feel like it would be... I feel like... I don't Jenna, know. Jenna?
0: Jenna Bond? No. That, I mean, well, it's just tough because nothing sounds as good as James Bond. Yeah,
1: James Bond <laughs> is, like, one of the perfect names of all time. Yeah, yeah. it's it's one of the... Yeah, like... like she could be to, She could be double O7. She could just be 007. She could be yeah. not Bond. They would have to give her an equally cool name, but she yeah. could be, just be 007. Yeah. By the way, this is a, for a different podcast at a different time, but I think establishing James Bond as a real person was the worst decision they made. I, it would have been so cool if James Bond was just like an extension of the 007. I, I thought
0: I thought that was a weird move, too. That would have been honestly, so cool honestly yeah i i liked i always liked the theory that james bond and 007 was a code name
1: yeah exactly and it's yeah it It would kind of add
0: to the replaceable piece of it
1: exactly it would make like it would weirdly make all of the different actors who played bond across the years like weirdly canon and make sense but
0: you know the flip side of it is that they did do they did reveal that james bond was a person yeah in skyfall which is a perfect movie yeah i think star wars is probably my favorite blockbuster since skyfall Since
1: skyfall that's fair yeah that's although fair. although except for know, the man from uncle
0: no fast from fast and furious oh, Six, yeah. i think is in the conversation too yeah who do you think gets more screen
1: time in episode eight finn or ray finn or ray i'm gonna go out of left field with this i think poe gets a lot I think this that has the potential to be post movie.
0: That wasn't the question. What do you mean? I asked whether Finn or Ray gets more I'm screen going, time.
1: I'm going with the main triumvirate. I'm taking. I'm taking your question, and I'm coming out of left field with it because I'm a wild card.
0: <laughs> you yeah, but you you have to answer the question. Fine, like, I think like...
1: Ray will get more.
0: This is people who, everyone who's ever interviewed Donald Trump should take their interview cues from me about how I just held <laughs> yeah. <found> you accountable.
1: <laughs> no, I think it'll be, I think it'll be Ray. Yeah. But I think Poe will be first. Either that or he gets his own spinoff movie. I wonder
0: what Finn is going to do. I assume, like, fly around and do awesome stuff.
1: I-, I could see a great subplot where, uh, where Poe becomes the Kelly McGillis to, uh, to finn's uh tom cruise I, oh
0: you went top gun you know exactly <laughs> yeah. how i get my attention
1: no i'm i'm mostly joking but i do think there's a possibility that like poe trains finn to be a pilot
0: it's it's or at the very least i could definitely see something where like poe and finn have to go on like a secret mission together that would also be really fun and just like I would be down for that. gallivant across the galaxy doing cool stuff
1: Yeah, it would be fun if they did, like, a, don't know, like a caper-style pick juxtaposed against this Rey becoming a Jedi storyline. That could be a really fun balance. Although,
0: we're already, it would appear being treated to rogue one oh which god. appears to be a heist oh film god. a heist film in goddamn space oh my god i am so
1: excited for that <laughs> well movie. i'm trying to
0: think i mean it's it's funny i i never thought of myself as a star wars guy yeah and i'm just completely hooked by these new movies like, well
1: again i think you said it perfectly yeah it's goddamn space <laughs> i think i said this on a different podcast somehow but space is just the best. Yeah, no, you you
0: said on our Rock versus Rocky one.
1: Yeah, space is the best. Anything that happens yeah. in space is objectively better than something that happens on Earth.
0: Yeah, but like that that Rogue One trailer. I saw that and I literally had no idea what to do with
1: myself the other thing is
0: it's it's a great example of how like star wars still like has such or Rey's like parentage has such a hold on like our cultural consciousness that she just did an interview and had to like be like yeah listen just because she's a just because the main character is a white girl with brown hair doesn't mean that she's related to my character and also
1: rogue oh no yeah that's right rogue one happens before
0: yeah like 40 years maybe before. it
1: is <laughs> one, no that would be really dumb i would be really disappointed one thing
0: i will say i think felicity jones and daisy ridley could absolutely play related people
1: <laughs> i'm glad felicity jones is getting minutes in a major hollywood franchise felicity jones is the lead i know like that's great i'm into that it's i oh, love long
0: I, long overdue
1: i i just i gotta say Star Wars is doing great on the whole, like, social responsibility thing. I'm really impressed. Yeah. Even just as a movie, I'm so pumped about that movie. Yeah, it's just like... Like, yeah, because you put like, it perfectly. It's a heist movie in space. Yeah. It is, like, and, I, and I just, broke my uh, finger pre-ordering tickets for that. Yeah, and it's and like just, my two favorite things. Monster, just a
0: monster trailer. Yeah. I love the idea is, like she gets arrested she's just like this is a rebellion i rebel yeah it's the first like examination of what it would be like for like a random person during the eponymous star wars i
1: do think though it's really interesting that uh this has apparently become a movie subgenre now like bad people being told to do things for good people because you got suicide squad coming out now and then rogue one appears to be a similar kind of idea it's it's kind of a really
0: cool idea though it is a pretty great idea and yeah and and they they flip the equation because in the past the woman in that type of movie would be the like ironclad like morally Mm -hmm. fixed person who like steers the man to the right way yeah but in this case she is the outlaw
1: yeah i wonder if (laughs) there will be a man who has to sort of shepherd her to the light side Maybe even Ben Mendelsohn is Benicio in that movie? No, he's he's wait. If I he's not, know. oh no, he's in aid. Ben Mendelsohn is totally the bad guy. <laughs> oh, Ben Mendelsohn
0: would be a good bad guy.
1: Ben Mendelsohn is so he great. would be
0: he would be good as the crusty
1: mentor too, though. Ben Mendelsohn, I'm convinced, can do anything. Yeah. He's another patron saint of this podcast. <laughs>
0: but it's just like,
1: geez, like getting Felicity
0: Jones for that main role what a get that's like a serious
1: like oscar nominated actor yeah right she jumped right from theory of everything to this right
0: basically that's i mean crazy. she might have been in like i don't know tea and crumpets with the queen like some british movie
1: wow ouch
0: we, we gotta Take cut that, that british out. people we gotta cut that out I, that, yeah was, wow that was so unnecessary uh if if you know me you might know that I love, he hates british people i love the uk like so much so yeah so like once once they cast daisy ridley an english person and like add her play ray there was just no chance for yeah. me yeah, i think we really covered everything this yeah, kind of started yeah, as finn down. versus ray but we kind of just dug into star wars like we went, we went straight through the exhaust vent and went right to the core.
1: No, in case you couldn't tell, we both really loved this movie. We both think this is a very important movie, so we just wanted a chance to kind of talk about it.
0: I can't, I can't wait for more. I never thought I, I would be this excited about a franchise. Before. I know, me too. Instead of like, like, even though I enjoyed the Marvel movies, like the next one, I like saw the trailer and I was just like, yeah, I guess I'm gonna see that. But like this is just like, I can't wait
1: well yeah even with when we were in the throes of marvel fever i don't think yeah. we were ever like waiting with bated breath no. for one of the movies
0: no to be honest well actually it's funny because to be honest the f- the first avengers movie actually really snuck up on me yeah like i remember it was it was ripe finals at william and mary <laughs> my freshman year and like someone was just like oh yeah are we seeing avengers this weekend and i was like what <laughs> that's now Another thing, great, great decision by um, Disney to change the release of episode eight from May to December. Oh yeah, you were so mad about that. I I was really mad. I don't understand why. I think just because I loved like, oh, I have the day off from work because it's the holidays. I'm going to go see Star Wars and like, I'm wearing a nice coat and I walk (laughs) out of the theater and it's warm or it's cold. It's mostly the nice coat.
1: I don't understand. Like, I can't explain it. No, there's a. It just I think feels there's right. There's a cracked podcast where they discuss this, and there's just something like that feels magical about seeing like a fantasy movie at Christmas time. Yeah,
0: yeah, and it and it's it's a fantasy movie that captures like it really captures your spirit and your sense of wonder in a way mm-hmm. that, for example, the notable recent
1: holiday blockbuster franchise, The Hunger Games, does not. <laughs> yeah yeah that series was not in the business of capturing your heart and wonder let's jump on over to a little um (laughs) hey that's a great idea we're horrible horrible liars because we have a new segment that mick is going to introduce okay ladies and gentlemen
0: i would like to introduce you to our new segment hey that's a great idea
1: I love how all of our titles are some variant on some strange person making commentary on things.
0: This, this week's great idea comes from yours truly.
1: And it is, I mean, to be fair, the reason why I agreed to do this is it's an amazing idea. Step, step into a time
0: machine with me. The year is 2009. LeBron James was on the Cleveland Cavaliers,
1: but he first was time. not,
0: but he was not subtweeting his teammates on Instagram. <laughs>
1: And he was not NBA champion, yeah. LeBron James.
0: Tom Brady had just come back from a torn ACL, and he was only three-time Super Bowl champion Tom Brady, not four-time Super Bowl champion and football deflator Tom Brady. And Drake was but a glimmer in some record exec's eye. That year, Drake put out Thank Me Later, which
1: was his first... Yes, his first album.
0: Yeah. It was the album that brought him to prominence and changed the world forever by giving us the majesty of Drake. But his biggest hit of the year was actually written for the LeBron James documentary More Than a Game. It was called Forever. And you've definitely heard this song, but just in case you don't, just like pause this track, pull it up, listen to the hook, and you'll remember.
1: Yeah, yeah or and go watch that weird drake sprite commercial
0: yeah and and actually actually that was my first introduction to drake was that weird sprite commercial it was definitely in a movie theater too it wasn't a movie theater yeah. it played before a lot of movies um after that song was released and the structure is really simple it's like kicks off with like a kick-ass beat and drake talking about how nothing was ever done for him as he's what to do the, the usual and you think it's just a normal rap song he does his like verse
1: because apparently you haven't looked at the features on the
0: track information which by the way i did not
1: oh well
0: sorry so so it's (laughs) sorry i
1: just made fun of you for no reason it's
0: drake kanye lil wayne and eminem in that order in that order and everyone is equal so everyone has the same amount of time the same amount of bars it's like it's basically each person has a minute and 30 seconds basically it's very even and i thought about the fact that for starters we don't have this enough we don't have a track a cool beat you bring in these four superstar rappers and you just have them spit their bars and you see what comes out but I thought about how this would be a great thing to have become something that's released with some regularity. Like how cool would it be to every three or four years if they just re released forever and they had the four biggest rappers in the world at that moment do the verses.
1: Yeah, I think you describe it as the the rap all star game. That is. That's how Which I, I think it's a perfect way to think about it.
0: Yeah, and I think I mean we would let like the tastemakers and the music establishment elites decide who the four rappers are and then America votes on the winner.
1: Yeah, it would be really interesting to th- think about how you would go about deciding who those four rappers was. Yeah, who well, they were. Well, we
0: were we were talking about it. like for example Cause Drake, Lil Wayne, and Kanye and Eminem, as kind of amazing as it sounds to believe or as it is as it is to believe based on the trajectory of particularly Lil Wayne and Eminem's careers. Straight downward. Those really were the four biggest people in rap at the time. Yeah. As soon as I proposed this idea for you, we just started kicking around like a bunch of questions. Mm-hmm. And like, for example, if it came out this year, who would be the who would be our four rappers? And yeah, and the, who do we decide it was Drake? We, Future. We settled on Drake, Kendrick. Future, Kendrick Lamar, and
1: yeah, the fourth one was a tough one. I think it was Kanye. Well, yeah, it was As Kanye. A sort of elder statesman Eminem. Kanye, role. Kanye filling in the Eminem role. Yeah. like that would be amazing. But my favorite part of that conversation was trying to figure out if Drake would start it again, or if like because he was a bigger deal, like maybe Future starts it. I I think Drake would start it again. Okay. Yeah, I think so.
0: And I th- I think Kendrick Lamar would win. I mean, duh. I think they would be kind of a situation like Michael Jordan in the nineties, where I think Kendrick would win every time until he got bored.
1: Yeah. Uh. What is it? The phenomenal football writer for The Ringer, formerly of Grantland, Robert Mays, once said that the only reasons that Green Bay would lose at home was either oh, yeah. boredom or mercy and i think that's yeah. exactly the situation with kendrick like kendrick's only yeah. going to lose that if he feels bad or if he just doesn't want to so this do will
0: it. never happen because people extremely successful people and music moguls like drake do not listen to people like us
1: yeah but <laughs> they never loved us
0: they did used to and presumably still do never want to hear us <laughs> <laughs> but the point of the story is rap all-star game forever Every three years, and America votes for the best rapper in the game.
1: Yeah, but see, I think you're missing an opportunity if you don't bring the best producer in the game in on it.
0: But it, I know, and, and I, I hear you, but <laughs> and it's my segment. And I choose to segment. ignore it. I, but it's my segment. <laughs> no, that's and fair, we're that's keeping fair. it
1: the same. I do think it would be really fun if you turned it into a competitive thing. Like where people had to vote. Yeah, no, people would vote. <laughs> yeah, America would vote. No, I think it's a great idea.
0: I really do. And so, yeah, that that's just one of my dreams. Do we have anything else?
1: Yeah, that was our new segment. That's a great idea. What's it called? Hey, that's a great that's idea. A, we're going to close with an actual returning segment. This is called You Probably Haven't Heard of Them. This is where either Mick or I give the other a band and a little bit of information about that band and they have to say Mm. spoiler alert
0: it's always you (laughs) well
1: that's true okay so this week's band is a little band called um cuddle magic they're a brooklyn-based band there's six of them and they're going to they just put out a single called trojan horse in preparation for their fourth album is this a real band or not (laughs) (laughs) what was the name (laughs) cuddle magic are you sure it's not just the Avit brothers yes i fake nope (laughs) finally i stumped you oh my god real bad and also they're awesome you you sounded just a little unsure when you said the name i know that was all part of the plan no they're uh cuddle magic i guess the closest analog i can think of them is like dirty projectors but a little bit more approachable hmm. um trojan horse is a great single True, sure. um,
0: you don't if you approach those dirty projectors you might get some <laughs> dirt on you
1: <laughs> no but like they, they have two really cool records that are i think no three records i think that are already out um they just put out a single they're putting out a new album it's really really interesting it's the kind of pop music that only comes out of new york it seems these days it's like some weird combination between obnoxious sort of art music and pop music
0: it's really cool. do you know if they have ever eaten a rainbow bagel or perhaps what their opinion I, on said bagels are
1: i would i don't want to make any assumptions about them but I assume that they are not down with the rainbow bagels. I feel
0: like it's a. I feel like it says everything about my opinions on New York <laughs> when you sent me that article about Brooklynites being infuriated by the
1: rainbow bagel. I responded with, "This is why New York sucks." <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the One on One podcast. This has been our ninth episode, so the big one zero is coming next week. Yeah we're going to we're going to give out free shots to the audience. Yeah. As soon as <laughs> yes. they
0: allow us to send shot glasses filled with liquor in the mail.
1: Yeah, so never. <laughs> so never. But yeah, so you can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. Follow us on Twitter.
0: Yeah, we'll uh, we'll leave the link to our we'll leave the link to our Twitter page in the description of this episode and you can just click the link and follow us. That way you don't have to figure out how to spell it. Because spelling that's in true. the world of autocorrect is a
1: dying art. Oh, yeah. If you subscribe on iTunes, please do leave a review, write a little bit. We'd love to have your input and see how we can make this podcast as good as possible. So, yeah, that's about all we got this week. Thanks for listening. Yeah,
0: thank you, everybody, for listening. It's uh, It's been fun. Um, Daisy Ridley, if you're listening to this, hi, I'm a big fan. And uh, that's all we got. Thanks, Obama.